So, so this this may be oversimplistic, but you've got a, a player on your football team that's awesome as a running back. It's quick, can turn on a dime, can evade players very well. And then you have a strategy to put that player in on the offensive line. Problem. <laughs> right? For for one, that's that showcases the fact that you don't know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And two, then it's it's a poor strategy, it's a poor decision to put that player in the offensive line because they're going to struggle because the elements of of the characteristics that a player needs to have to be good on the offensive line, the running back doesn't have. Right. right. Running back might might be half the size of your typical offensive lineman. You know, offensive lineman, you want somebody that's big and strong and, you know, can hit one or two players on the defensive line and knock them off their paths in an effort to get to the quarterback. Welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Danny McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Andy, good morning. It's great to see you. Great to see you on this bright, sunny day here in Atlanta. Yes, it is absolutely gorgeous weather, thankfully. So today's episode for our listeners is going to be on business strategy. So Andy, what exactly is a business strategy? So I found a great definition on the Indeed website that I really like. So let me just start off by reading it and then we're going to dissect it for the listening audience. So uh, the definition of business strategy is an outline of the actions and decisions a company plans to take to reach its business goals and objectives. Strategy defines what the business needs to do to reach its goals, which can help guide the decision-making process for hiring and resource allocation. A business strategy helps different departments work together, ensuring departmental decisions support the overall direction of the company. So that's a three-sentence, what I thought was a all-encompassing kind of definition of what business strategy is. So let's, let's pull that apart a little bit here for a few minutes. So the first sentence reads, a business strategy is an outline of the actions and decisions a company plans to take to reach its business goals and objectives. So first of all, in that sentence is a, a connotation of planning. Right, We're thinking ahead of time, actions and decisions that we need to make to get get ourselves and our business from a point A to a point B, right? So going back to our episode on self-leadership, 
leadership is about moving and taking an entity or yourself or a business from its current position in the market to a future position, right? And the the plan or the actions and decisions we're going to take to get ourselves from that point A to point B is the strategy. That, by definition, is what, what it is. Um, uh, a lot of times, I think where businesses get into trouble is they think the strategy is a, yes, it's a document, but it's not a living thing. It's a, here's our strategy. You can hand over this document to somebody and they can read through and go, okay, that's nice. A strategy is a living entity, if you will. Yes, we write it down in the form of a document, but it's a living entity that has the potential to continually change as we go down the path. And one of the things is not in this definition that I think businesses also miss is it doesn't talk anything about assumptions. What, what are your assumptions about the industry? What are your assumptions about the economy? What are your assumptions about regulatory and other things that affect businesses when you're making this strategy? Because if you haven't done enough research, those assumptions may not be totally true. And in that case, your strategy is going to be less effective because of that. And that's the reason why it needs to be a living document, because as you're going through time and you're learning more things about your industry and the regulatory environment, whatever, you're going to have to make make adjustments um, as those assumptions become reality, as you learn things. Well, on that point, I mean, again, so many people jumping into business or heck, even franchise models that have a set you know, kind of duplicatable business strategy that gets bought with mm-hmm. the franchise. Right. It might not work in every business market. Right. Right. Every market's different. Every geographical location is different. So with that, you know, it's not the old school rigid, just this is what we do. It's got to be something that's going to be able to be morphed, to be able to adapt, to be able to really be shifted into a way that as the market even changes, that it can change with it. Right. That's why it needs to be living. It needs to be shaped and molded as you go along the way because life doesn't stand still. Human race doesn't stand still. The earth doesn't stand still. Technology doesn't stand still. Technology doesn't stand still. And that's why it needs to be um, a, a living document that's at least reviewed at least once a year. You know, to say, okay, what? here's our assumptions. We felt like we had a good strategy based off these assumptions, but what did we learn in this year that totally eliminates this assumption or totally changes it that we need to, because of that change in assumptions, we have to go back and review our strategy and make changes to it. Right. Um, it's the reason why, I'm not sure if I talked about it on a previous episode or not, but I sat down a number of years ago and wrote a life plan for myself. Mm-hmm. And I take time between Christmas and New Year's every year to review that life plan because life changes. Mm-hmm. What did I learn in the past year about myself, or the world or whatever that's going to 
and have a need for me to change some aspects of my life plan to get to the life that I want for myself. It's the same thing with a business. You right. know, it should be looked at once a year at, at, at least to review your assumptions and look to see what's changed and then therefore make changes to your strategy. Or maybe you just came into a new realization that you need to go acquire a new business or we, our goals changed. Right. We reached some goals and now we've got new goals and therefore we need to do a total refresh of our strategy. Maybe the piece of the industry that you're in is becoming obsolete due to technology. Mm-hmm. And you have to transition. It's either transition that business strategy or die. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> so, that's a great case of where an assumption changed. Right. Now that the assumption has changed, we need to do a total refresh of the strategy. Right. That's why I think if I were to take the three sentences that we just read out here and I were to tweak it, I would throw in another sentence or throw that concept of assumptions into this for to make it a really robust uh, definition of what strategy is. Uh, so let's look at that second sentence. The strategy defines what the business needs to do to reach its goals, which can help guide the decision-making process for hiring and resource allocation. So let's focus on the second half of that sentence. We already know that strategies already talked about it, reaching its goals. But decision-making process for hiring and resource allocation. Right? So now strategy becomes, it's a living document, but it's a document that's shared, right? That everybody, is, particularly as your organization grows and decisions are being pushed throughout the organization, it gives everybody a, um, a guidepost, if you will, to, to understand if if we make this decision, is this decision going to help the strategy move forward, right? And resource allocation, where, where are we going to put resources? And what type of resources in the, in the company in order to move the strategy forward? Again, I mean, not to sound redundant, but strategic placement. The, there has to be a plan before, if you will, the troops are moved. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Because I see a lot of people that go into business with no game plan whatsoever, no strategy whatsoever. And then it's just go, go, go and pray that it works. Well, if we were to go back to our to our football analogy of of last week, I believe it was. What what play in football would that be? People to go the people that go into a business without a strategy at all. What is that? That's a Hail Mary. Yeah. Everybody go along and I'll throw the ball up there and hope that one of my Pray teammates that brings it down. Somebody on our team catches it. Right. Yeah. yeah to, go, to go in and start a business without a strategy is a Hail Mary. Uh, is, a, is a great uh, analogy for that. All right. Third sentence. A business strategy helps different departments work together, ensuring departmental decisions support the overall direction of the company. That's just adding into to the previous thought right when i think this goes all the way back to the communication amongst the tribe when we were talking on the exactly. episode about the tribe yep. um there's got to be dedicated media or dedicated systems for the right hand to talk to the left foot etc which is interesting because you see as a bigger most organizations get you hear the complaints that departments don't communicate right so well, wouldn't it be wonderful if you had a, a business where it was so simplified that you could say, all right, you, 
this department has that decision, this department has that decision, and y'all can work in silos and get our jobs done. Right. Right, but that's not reality. Generally, there are items or, or things that have to be done in the company that Department A has to do this piece and Department B ha- has to do their piece and Department C has to do their piece and have all those come together to reach the goal that the strategy is addressing, right? Right. And so now you need communication amongst the tribe, just like you said, and everybody working to do their piece to add to other, other departments' pieces in order for it to make that happen. Well, in one piece, I could really break away from this sentence. Ensuring departmental decisions support the overall direction of the company. Right. Right. We talked in the episode about the tribe. We talked about it in multiple episodes about getting the tribe bought into the why, the how, and the what. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is exactly what the business strategy embodies is the why, the how, and the what to make that happen. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, moving, moving forward is, you know, we've, we've highlighted a lot of points already, but to really extrapolate, why is this business strategy so, so important? Right. So we talked about the Hail Mary not having a strategy. If you're, if you're an entrepreneur and it's just yourself, you stand a better chance of success in that Hail Mary because it's just you. Everything's up in your head. You might have some written notes or whatever, but you're you're executing on your own. But as soon as you add any employees, one more person, three more persons, ten more persons, doesn't matter. Now, now you have a need to communicate the strategy to people and have everybody aligned and moving in the same place. And that's where strategy really starts to help out when it's documented and communicated to everybody so that they can be making the right decisions to keep you moving down that road. Right. And something I've always talked about coaching new people in business, whether it be solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, whatever it may be, is before you even get started, you have to know very, very clearly exactly what you want. It can't be a foggy picture. It's got to be clear. It's got to be 2020 what you want and where you want to go. That's where the, that's where the plan starts. Right. 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 Um, I'd almost say if, if the picture is not exactly clear, get your lens into focus before creating the rest of the game plan, before creating the rest of the strategy, I should say. Yeah. So let's go, go, go back to the football game, right? Right. You know who your opponent is. Um, you know, hopefully, what your strengths and weaknesses are. And you've got a, a playbook of plays to pull from, right? Mm-hmm. But the head coach is going to sit down and develop a strategy for the game. Mm-hmm. You know, your your opposition has a really good offensive line. You know, okay, what's your strategy to deal with that to make it difficult for the, off, the opposing offense to run the ball or pass the ball? Right. And you've got a team of players you, and other coaches you've got to communicate that to. That's a strategy. Well, That's a plan. It goes perfectly in the second point here is what are strengths and weaknesses? <laughs> right. Right. If you know you've got, you know, a weak left tackle 
and they keep getting run over first play, second play, third play. Mm-hmm. You've got somebody in the backfield. What are you doing to to cover, to strengthen that weakness? Well, you may have to pass the ball a lot because your running back is going to be coming up to assist the offensive line dealing with that tackle. Right. So, you know, define what you want, define the goal, define the strategy, but then go into almost go into an introspection of the business or even again, solopreneurs, things like that of yourself. We're talking about Mm self-leadership self-leaders or leaders in general have to be 100% vulnerable with themselves, which is often hard to do, but identify clearly those strengths and weaknesses. So you can identify areas of improvement what you need to bolster up and what mm-hmm. you can go ahead and run full force with. Or you might outsource it. Right. I'm going to say it's not going to be a core competency of our, our company and we're okay with that being a weakness, but we're going to shore it up by bringing in a, another company or a team of people. It's not going to be on our payroll, but we're going to pay money for their services to help shore up that piece. Right. Like I know a lot That's of a business decision. No, a lot of businesses who you know, they're, they're not with the social media age, right? Mm-hmm. That is why digital marketing companies thrive so well, right? Right. One, because it allows businesses to work on their business instead of in their business, mm-hmm. right? Instead of having to sit there and worry about posting things and creating social media ads or ads in general or Google or whatever, Somebody else does that while they're spending much more valuable time somewhere else. And that's a big decision companies do have to make because, as we know, that's not necessarily inexpensive. Right. Well, if you want a high-quality product or services, you're going to focus on your strengths because you know you're going to get high-quality as an output of your company Mm -hmm. because you have strengths in those areas. And look to hire people or bring in a company or whatever to shore up the weaknesses to to even further ensure that you have a high quality product or service that you're putting out to the marketplace. Well, and that, or you might put in a strong quality control department to find the issues before they go out the door. Right. (laughs) Knowing that you have a weakness there, but you're going to say, okay, for now, until we can shore that up, let's put stringent quality control processes in place to catch those things before they go out the door. So we still right. have a quality product going out there, knowing that we're going to have some mistakes. Right. Again, using outside sources, outside people who specialize in fixing those weaknesses mm-hmm. or issues. And once we identify that, again, if we're if we're chasing our tail, not knowing our weaknesses, our productivity, what leads into our next point, efficiency is going to all suffer. Right. Well, if you... If you don't have a game plan everybody's working off of and you don't have good communication between everybody, then what happens to your efficiency? Your efficiency just drops. It's in the toilet. It's in the toilet, so to speak. So when you're in a business to make money and you've got profit and loss, revenue expense, if you, if you don't have a good strategy that everybody's working off of, then your efficiency within your organization is going to go down and therefore your expenses are going to go way up and therefore your profitability is going down. Right. It's just the nature of the game in business. And so that's why you've got to, got to have a good strategy that's communicated to everybody so everybody's working off the same playbook, so to speak. Right. And a strategy that, again, the, the tribe is bought into. 
the companies bought into. Because with those tools, with that, those pieces of the strategy, the overall strategy is then going to allow you to, without necessarily being an autocrat or a dictator, maintain control of the why, how, and the what throughout the process, mm-hmm. right? Which is so key because, you know, talking to a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people, a lot of times their biggest struggle is they feel out of control. Once they start growing and it starts spinning, they feel spun out of control because those parameters were not clearly defined or communicated. They might have been defined even. Right. They might have been on a document. They might have been posted somewhere on a wall, but they were not clearly communicated and delivered to the rest of the organization to where they were all on the same page. Right. And you also have to ensure that your strategic elements, the things that are in your strategy, are at a high enough level that it encompasses the whole business. Right? If it starts getting so refined and so detailed that it's addressing only parts of the business and so forth, those are tactical items. Now, those tactics can live in a strategy document, Mm -hmm. but they are not part of the the core elements of the strategy, right? so to speak, right? The overall strategy needs to be a big enough umbrella that everybody in the organization is, is contributing to it in some way to help the company move in the direction that leadership wants it to. Right. And overall, when, I mean, go back to the football analogy, it's not necessarily the team with the better players that always wins. No. Right. You can have raw talent. There's a difference between talent and strategy. Right. So you might have amazing players, amazing facilities, etc. But without that strategy, you could still lose the game. It the the strategy, the well thought out plan is going to give your organization, your team that edge, that competitive advantage, that going back to another episode we did, that uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so this this may be oversimplistic, but you've got a, a player on your football team that's awesome as a running back. It's quick, can turn on a dime, can evade players very well. And then you have a strategy to put that player in on the offensive line. Problem. <laughs> right? For for one, that's that showcases the fact that you don't know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And two, then it's it's a poor strategy, it's a poor decision to put that player in the offensive line because they're gonna struggle because the elements of of the characteristics that a player needs to have to be good on the offensive line, the running back doesn't have. Right. Right. Running back might might be half the size of your typical offensive lineman, you know. Offensive lineman, you want somebody that's big and strong and, you know, can hit one or two players on the defensive line and knock them off their paths in an effort to get to the quarterback. Right. A running back might be able to do that for a second, <laughs> but not for the, you know, six, seven to ten seconds, you know, that you typically need to, to make a pocket for the quarterback if he's throwing or – to get an opening in the line for a running back to run through. Right. One interesting question, of course, 
because I think Andy, a lot of people can get this confused, mm-hmm. right? Is a business strategy. This is going to, this may sound weird to some, but a business strategy is not a business plan. No. Right. So, you know, plan strategy, they seem very synoptic, but what is that difference between a business strategy and a business plan? Excellent question. So let's take a business plan first. A business plan is also a document like a strategy is. However, it's a document that's based in intention. We intend to open up a company that's going to participate and compete in this industry and produce this product or series of products or this service or series of services that we feel like is going to address a problem out in the, in the business world, in a business market. Those are intentional statements. And the business plan is where the why, how, what of an organization is described. Why, why did we decide and why are we having this business? What kind of business is it going to be? What kind of culture are we going to have? What kind of values are we going to have living in our organization? What activities, you know, description of the type of activities that we're going to have? That is a business plan. That's the starting point for your business is to develop that, to be very intentional about what we're going to do. It's almost a lot of organizations, and we used to do this within Boeing when, whenever we put an ad hoc group or a temporary group together to tackle a problem within the business, we would create a charter. You know, a charter is another word that's used for a business plan that sends out the intentions of what this committee or this group inside of a company is going to do. We create a charter so that everybody understood the why, how, what of what this small group was going to do. Same thing with the business. Why are you creating it? How are you going to be in this world? And what are you going to do? That's a business plan. That's your starting point. A strategy is then, okay, builds upon that and starts laying out in more detail your tactics, your decisions, your activities that you're going to do that moves you to the point B that you want to get to, right? So once you make a business plan, it's pretty solid. It's not going to change a whole lot because it's your starting point, but it's your strategy that's going to be living down the road as the world changes. You need to change. Right. So if you will, the business plan, to simplify this, is a rough outline. Yes. Just about the, the pinpoints of why, how, what, one, two, three, A, B, C, D, right? This, these are the things we want to do, how we do it, what we do. But then the business strategy, if you will, is the, the written paper, the full paragraph, the full body of what's going to happen in there. Yeah. If you were, expand it, upon it. Here's another analogy. <clears throat> if you look at our country, the United States of America, you can almost make the analogy that our declaration of independence was our business plan. Mm-hmm. You know, pound it on the door. 
You know, here's our Declaration of Independence. This is what this is our intention of what we intend to do. Right. And then our Constitution and Bill of Rights became more of our strategy. Right. So we've we've now declared ourselves independent with these goals in mind in the Declaration of Independence, and then the Constitution is our strategy that constantly evolves. We have a Congress and a executive branch and whatnot that look at our Constitution and it changes, right? We make amendments to the Constitution as we feel like we've some assumptions have changed about our country and we need to add an amendment right. to the Constitution. So it's a living strategy for our country would be another analogy. I think that works perfectly. <laughs> so um, I didn't even think of that analogy at all, but that that's so fitting. But when we're developing that business strategy, I mean, really digging into the meat of it, the key components, what really builds that strategy. I mean, I mentioned earlier vision, having a very, very clear vision of what we want, why we want it. Again, the whole why, how, what, a vision of that that is crystal clear and what those goals are. And those can be long-term, you know, I love the term BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goals, right? right? But also breaking it down to day-to-day operational goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, and clearly defining those Mm -hmm. because, I mean, that's really building out the, you know, the what of that is the smaller pieces to get to the larger BHAG. Right. Right. It's all the details of how you're going to get yourself to the BHAG. Right. So clearly defining those again, and those can change, right? As markets change, as technology changes, the daily and the weekly and everything like that. Mm-hmm. For example, in our business, um, having one-on-one client interactions, right? Um, our daily goals used to be much, much smaller because there was drive time involved. We were meeting with people all in person mm-hmm. um, and had to allocate time for that for driving across town or whenever that was and so used to you know meeting with three four clients in a day was something we really pushed in our office like this is where we need to be but now it's like four that's a light day (laughs) right because with technology and with covid having to transition to not meeting in person and meeting over zoom now it the the daily goals, the objectives are eight to 10 appointments a day. Right. Because you don't have travel times involved. Exactly. Right. But there's another analogy that came to me. I feel like an analogy came today. Two weeks in a row. You have strategies at different levels, right? So I think Mm -hmm. of an analogy of a, a a Russian nested doll. You know, where you have, mm-hmm. it's basically the same doll, but you have a smaller one, a smaller one, right? Mm-hmm. And one fits inside another until eventually you're, what you see is just the biggest one because all the other ones are inside of it. Right. So you have an overall corporate strategy, but then you, you'll have divisional strategies, departmental strategies, unit strategies, and so forth. And as you go down that, that chain of command, so to speak, that those strategies get more tactical in nature. They get more detailed, more specific. 
mm-hmm. in in their statements, but they all have to sort of add up and fit within the corporate strategy, like all the smaller dolls fit in, into the biggest doll of that Russian nested doll toy, so to speak. And so you can slice and dice strategy in different levels, right? So you can do it by departments and divisions and so forth, and then you can do it on timelines, right? Like, like you were just describing. You have a weekly strategy, a monthly mm-hmm. strategy, and so forth to help you meet goals. And all those are living. All those can change, right? right? If you have a seasonal business, your strategy in the first quarter of the year might be very different than the third quarter of the year. Right. I mean, if you're in the landscaping world, I know a lot of landscapers actually that during the winter months they've transitioned to Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Right, their strategy completely changes. Heck, their entire business changes. Or they might be doing a lot of planning activities then right. for the coming season when they're going to be very tactically active in executing of the service. Their downtime might be used to do a lot of planning, reviewing that plan annually, like you talk mm-hmm. about your life plan, right? right. So then from there, defining the values of that company. Right. right. So, we, so we were talking about vision and business objectives and now core values. And right. so these are two elements that sort of come over or is pulled from the business plan and placed in the strategy to keep that at the forefront because those are mm-hmm. very two core elements that need to to live in almost every document you put out as a company, right? Because they're the Mm -hmm. basis of, they're the foundation of your business. So you very much have to put the core values in the strategy to make sure that the decisions you're making and outlining in your strategy fit the core values and the culture of the company. And so they, by nature, they have to be within your strategy. Otherwise, you're going to be veering off your path. Mm-hmm. that you laid out of your intentions in your business plan. So those two elements are naturally just pulled over from the business plan and made as foundational elements to your strategy. Right. The third one on the list is one of my favorites. And we're, we're going to get into this uh, um, in a lot more detail in next week's episode in part two of business strategy. But it's called a SWOT or SWOT analysis. You know what SWOT stands for? I actually do not. I'll let you explain. Expand on that. So SWAT, S is strength, W is weakness, O is opportunity, and T is threat. So this is where the introspection part comes into play. Now, the gotcha with it is, once again, you're basing it off of assumptions, mm-hmm. right? Typically, it's used in a four-corner square. You take a bigger square and divide it into four smaller squares inside of itself, and each of these words gets it's a box, that you can just in bullets list out what you feel like your company's strengths are, what its weaknesses are, where are their opportunities, and where are their threats. And threats can be from direct competitors. Threats can be from the regulatory side, the financial side, technology side. Again, that goes back into identifying what industry you're in. Those threats are going to be very, very industry dependent. Oh, yes, absolutely. So are the opportunities. Right. You know, they're going to be very centric in the market that you're playing in for your business. Goes back but depending on your strategy, though, they might, that might change, right? You, there may be an opportunity to leverage your core competencies and apply it to a different market, right? Right. In a different industry. That's an opportunity. Likewise, there may be other industries 
They could leverage theirs and come into your industry, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's a threat. Right. Threat to your business. So it plays both both sides. I want to go off on a tangent for 60 seconds. Okay. If you were to apply the SWAT to your personal life, what two words could you replace opportunity and threat with? We've talked about it. Their most popular episode. Love and fear. Love and fear. Where are the loves and the passions of your life and where can you go explore that? That's your opportunities. But Mm -hmm. fear is an incredible threat to your life, not living the life that you want for yourself. And those threats can come in different size, shapes, and forms. Right. External or internal? External or internal. It's a good... When you're reviewing your life plan every year, that's a good tool to pull out and pull it out and go, what are my strengths? What what can I leverage in my strengths in terms of my talents and skills and uh, so forth? And what are my weaknesses? Where where do I have opportunity for growth in my life that Mm -hmm. maybe I want to go concentrate on? And where where does love and fear play in my life? Mm -hmm. Anyway, 60 seconds to that. Let's go back to the business world. Just wanted to plug that in there. No, I love that. Next week's episode, we're going to do a review of tools you can use in developing a strategy. And at the top of the list is the SWOT. It's been around for a long time, and you may not use any of the other tools, but it's a good basic tool that I recommend that everybody uses when you're developing a business strategy. And it's a tool that I use in my business quite a bit. If somebody wants to get in a, a deep dive strategy session with me for a day or two, which I offer at the top of the game in in that time we spent is doing a SWOT analysis with my customer. There, There's a lot to be said just to go through the exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not ever do anything with it, but just to have that in your head and open up that mindset to be thinking of your business from, from this window or perspective is huge when you're working on your business because you need to be sp- spending some time paying attention to this stuff in your business to know what's going on around in your environment all right the fourth item is a no-brainer right right if if your strategy is about your business decisions and activities that you're going to be doing that's tactics right so obviously as part of your strategic plan and a key component of that is writing down a lot of the tactics the actions and behavior well behaviors is in your how but Actions and decision makings that right. you're going to be doing. And I think the next two points tied directly back into that. But one thing I was saving for this part is, um, you know, when we're talking about tactics, but then our resource allocation plan, you know, talking about management and placement and again, using the company culture, the SWOT analysis with leadership placement within the organization. Okay. Say if that more. makes sense. So say more, for example, I was thinking earlier on, um, you know, efficiency and control and your analogy of putting a running back on the offensive line really mm-hmm. brought this up. Mm-hmm. If you have a really, really good salesperson in your organization, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a good leader in management. No, we've talked about that in previous right. episodes, right? I worked for an organization previously that it was management was promoted based on their personal sale production. Right. 
terrible idea. One of the highest turnover rates I've ever seen in any industry in that mm-hmm. organization. And what they did, they tried to take great salespeople and shove a bunch of books in their hand and say, here, become a leader. Right. Doesn't work. They, they right? may not be a motivator. They might not be inspirational. They're great in front of the customer. They right. can sell the heck out of your product or service. Right. But when it comes to leading and managing a, a group of salespeople where you need a different skill set to do that right. effectively, they may not have that. You know, that's why I said in the previous episode, it's always good to give people that you're thinking about doing that with some little projects. Right. To build. Lead or, or direct some of their colleagues on a very small temporary basis and right. see how well they do. Right. Do, do they have the basis of good skills and, and so forth from that perspective? But, then give them increasing responsibility to eventually they are the leader. But those those types of things should be in the business strategy is if we're moving people into a leadership role. Yes. What what steps are we taking, but also what qualities, what strengths are we looking for, what weaknesses can we tolerate, can they have? And identifying, you know, what before we move them into leadership, what opportunities do we have with them? At the very and least, what, it should be in your human resources strategy. Right, exactly. So I think that that goes into one sort of resource allocation. That makes sense. Management, good management, good leaders in an organization are a almost a resource you can't put a price on. Right. Right. Um, because that can that can break down the pillars of an organization very quickly if you've got the wrong person there. But it can also really bolster up the foundation of that company and reinforce the why, the how, and the what if you have the right leaders bought into the vision that you're on the same page with. So um, I harp on that a lot. <laughs> so um, It's important. It, it's extremely it's important. important. But You need leaders that model model the culture. Right. Be inspiring and motivating and getting people engaged so that they're following the strategy. If you have a disengaged employee, could he or she could care less about whether that whatever they're doing right. if follows they're, a strategy, right? If they're just there for a paycheck, they're not motivated. Not motivated. Right. And they usually have no idea about any of the business strategy. But it, right. it it speaks to why I say in leadership the most important thing besides building other leaders is being able to keep talking about the why. Mm-hmm. Getting people to see why we're doing these activities is the most important thing in getting people engaged. Mm-hmm. And if you as a leader, particularly in a large um, company or corporation, and you're at the very executive level and so forth, is something you have to be keeping your eye on constantly. That's where you're living as an executive is making sure that people understand the why and the why behind decisions that are being made. Because mm-hmm. if people don't see the why, then they just have too many questions and they're less likely to be engaged and follow the, the strategy and the decision making. Right. But then back to kind of resource allocation is that goes into what money we're going to spend on marketing, what money we're going to spend. I mean, money, clearly, that's the most obvious resource, right? But then 
time is a resource. What time are we spending in clearly defining those? It goes back to a clear, clear vision, but a clear resource allocation strategy within that business strategy. Right. So it speaks to where the money is being spent. It's being spoken to where priorities are. It could be to execute the the strategy that we have, that we get our first priority in spending money towards human resources and so forth is in this particular area because we have to complete step A and step B in our strategy first, and it requires talents and skills in these areas. Mm-hmm. And then as we move past point B and into C and D, we need less of that. So we might move some resources over to another division or another area to help us move to point C and point D. And that's why it's important to have this resource allocation plan as part of your strategy. First of all, people can see the why you're doing what you're doing with human resources. But B, then be able to execute successfully on the tactics to move you down down the road of your strategy. And sometimes you may have to put some priorities on hold because you ran into some assumptions and you had to change strategy. Or you may have to do some tweaks to things that you now realized halfway down your strategy you need to do. And right. so it's, okay, we have these priorities, but we have to move that to the, to the right of year to... Because we now realize we have to do these intermediary steps to get ourselves there. Right. And so that's why this resource allocation plan is living. Well, and that gets into having a way to measure the metrics of your business strategy. The saying you you can improve upon what you track. Right. So what are your tracking measures for the organization? Is it just bottom line or is it is it growth? Is it Measuring leaders, is it measuring how well communication is passed on in the organization, mm-hmm. right? Being able to measure all of that and not to micromanage per se, but to be able to measure every piece that's going into the why and the how and the what is crucial as well. Well, you have to understand whether you're following the right path, right? Right. Because the path is made up of a number of components. I mean, you, you you can get from point A to point B in different paths, but some paths are better than others. I mean, you can say we're going to have a strategy of nose to the grindstone and, and lots of hours we're going to get ourselves there, but then your whole team is dead when you reach point B. And are you measuring that? You know, you got yourself to point B, but half your staff is leaving because they're so burned out right. from either either your decisions or the path that you took or whatever, that it wasn't a good path. And maybe it wasn't the path that you laid out in the strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need mechanisms to measure that whenever you reach a major milestone is to take a, a period of time. You don't always want to look backwards, but take a small period of time to measure things and evaluate what do we need to tweak. Once again, the strategy is a living document that we can tweak as we go forward. And then lastly, the, the last key component and we've, we've talked about through this whole thing is the assumptions you made in your business plan and in your strategy. Right, you, you've heard me talk about the things you know, the things you know that you don't know and the things mm-hmm. you don't know that you don't know, right? Right. So those last two, are assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, I don't know things in this area, but I'm going to make some assumptions for 
to, to, to build my sandbox of which I'm going to build my strategy in. And I'm going to take the time in the future as we're moving along to go test those assumptions and see if they're true right. or not. I mean, that's where the measurement comes in. And that's where the part where measurement comes in. Because the more, the, if you start with a, a list of 500 assumptions in your business plan, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of risk that's built into that. Right. And, and the more that you can eliminate assumptions and make them reality. Mm-hmm. The stronger your business plan and strategies can be. Then that's where the research on the front end and the defining everything on the front end comes in because the less assumptions, I mean, you know, they say about assuming. The more we assume. <laughs> right. So. And maybe I should, in that sentence, put in assumptions and risks. Yeah. We're going to get into risk a little bit in next week's episode, but risk is a. Is a big issue too. It inherently comes from the number of assumptions that you have, but a lot of it has to do also with the unknowns. Assumption is 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 making an assumption of what you think reality is, but the reality is it's it's a risk because it is an unknown. Right. And in uh, some so areas, there may not be a way to go hand in hand. There may not be a way to do the research to find that unknown until you're there. Right. So. Right. It may be a visionary risk. We think. The world's going to be this way in two or five or seven years, depending on how long your strategy document is in right. terms of a timeline. But you can make assumptions that you can see a new technology, for example, on the horizon, and you think it's going to arrive or be prevalent in these years. Mm-hmm. And so your strategy is built off of that. It could be that you want to take advantage of this new technology when it comes in to do certain things in your business and you're assuming it's going to arrive in this year. The reality may be it takes two years longer and therefore your strategy document is going to change somewhat right. as it becomes clearer and more known that, of what year that technology is going to arrive, whether it be in your own research and development group or happening in the industry with other companies. So that's going to wrap up our uh, episode today, part one of uh, business strategy. We hope it brought some value to you, especially if you're thinking about or just starting the business. These are key items that you need to be looking at. Um, Or maybe you're not where you want to be and it's time to review that business plan, that business strategy. Yeah, and I'm I'm here to help in that if you're in the Atlanta area. Next week, uh, part two, we're going to look at some strategic examples, you know, to give you a flavor of what a strategy, a high-level strategy looks like for a company and talk about some examples and details of them. And then we're going to talk about some strategic tools that you can use to help you develop your strategy to sort of round out this topic. It's one of my favorite topics in business. It's one of my strengths and it's why I'm a business coach. If you're interested in looking at your individual strengths, I highly recommend a book for you called Strength Finders 2.0. It's a combination of a book and a questionnaire that helps you discover what your strengths are. So in the book, it lists out all the various strengths and details about them. And you can buy the book with the test. You go online and answer about 50 to 100 multiple choice questions. That helps you to explore what your strengths are. I did it in the Boeing Leadership Center. Uh, it was a great tool for me individually in my own leadership. And whenever I got a a new boss, that was one of the first things I sat down. The very first meeting with my boss was to pull that out and say, here are my strengths. Because it was done in a 
formal way out of the leadership center. And it was a great starting conversation mm-hmm. for my own personal development, as well as for the boss to get to know me and who I am as a leader from that standpoint. So I highly recommend that book if you're wanting to look about strengths and strategy for your own career, if you're in that position in the business world. So great conversation, Zach. As always. As always. Enjoyed spending time with you. And uh, as always, we hope you generated value in your life today. If we did, please hit that subscribe button. Tune in every week. We typically broadcast every Tuesday with an episode. And we hope you will help us to move this Generate Your Value into a movement within the, within the country and within the world. And we hope you join on board with us in that journey. Yes, help us. One of my favorite things is create compounding value, generate compounding value in this mm-hmm. world and multiply it. So um, we thank you again for joining us this week. Again, hit that subscribe button for us and we will see you back here next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Y'all take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.